into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Hope you're doing well. Welcome to today's episode number 396. Today is June 27th of the year 2023. That intro music always gets me a, a little pumped. I do love that upbeat. So you always see my fat man dancing, things of that nature. Before we get this thing going, you know, I'm not gonna be able to do that. So sorry for a few moments of delay here this morning. Definitely having some technical issues. Definitely working on trying to get this thing set up a little bit better. So when I am in Gerald Osier's A chair, yes, I did catch that, you know, throwing that, you know, A-hole chair type of thing. Um, so I am very honored, very privileged to be guest filling in for the next couple of days for Dr. Gerald Osier, doing the best that I can from a technical aspect of things. But again, welcome to episode 396 of cyber news now always want to keep saying uh, first things first or one of the other ones but i do love throwing some of those older videos out there um to kind of reminisce about how the channel has come from so far uh from even last year to even this year and the community that's in here um so you know a little throwback to some of those older intros and stuff like that that i really still do enjoy um but we are going to dig into the show here in just a few moments. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to the stream sponsors. Uh, you, of course, know me. My name is Eric Taylor. I am the CEO, Chief Forensic Operator here at Barricade Cyber Solutions. You know, we will talk about me kind of a little bit throughout the show, so I won't give um, an in-depth type of uh um, marketing or a snippet for that, but we, I would like to introduce you to Panops I Read if this is your first time here. Um, we definitely, a lot of folks, so okay, talking about Panopsi for a second, we want to see what is your actual threat. You know, I know Dr. Gerardo says a lot of times that, you know, what is your tolerance for going into an actual, um, you know, having a potential ransomware. But think about this also as, you know, what is your threat landscape for, you know, data exfiltration? We've been seeing a lot of the folks in there from uh, CLOP having uh, pure data exfiltration, um, things of that nature. We're seeing a lot of new threat actors. But essentially what you need to assess is any sort of downtime impacting your organization. Like for... A jack wagon like me to come in and say, 
All right, I'm pulling all the servers out of your server rack, and I'm going to throw them in the back of this U-Haul. You know, I've made this analogy a ton of times. You know, how much money are you losing every day, every hour, every minute? What is the cost of that? Not only your labor, but productivity, customers, things of that nature. But what does it cost to actually get back? You know, up and running. You know, a lot of times it is that ransomware. It is that... Um, the total outage of your business that really is the detrimental of it right so um if you're if you're worried essentially if you're worried about downtime and wanting to see where your holes are definitely get in touch with panopsite security see if they are able to help do a quantified risk assessment for your organization and be able to help show you different ways of thinking about your business's it infrastructure and potential downtime right so definitely reach out to them i want to remind everybody that every episode of the daily cyber threat briefing is worth have a cpe so be sure to say hi in the chat to document that you are in fact here if you are live love it love it love it we um happy for you to be here if you are team replay thanks for catching up drop team replay in the chat if you are Passive observer like I am, you know, you're always kind of sitting in the chat or here lately. I've been definitely team replay. Definitely drop that into the chat to say, hey, you know, finally catching up with everybody and kind of going from there. I do know that everybody has been wanting this for a while. So we'll count it down. Three, two, one. So I actually got myself a stream deck. So I can actually drop those dolphins so I don't have to change the tabs, things of that nature. Um, so hopefully everybody's able to have been able to hear that and kind of going forward. I just don't want to check. I'm not seeing anybody say anything in chat. Just, if everybody can just say my audio is good, please. That'd be great before we fire this thing off. I see the dolphins coming in now. Very cool. Very cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we're going to kick this thing off. Um be respectful of uh, the NCE group and trying to get things done in a timely fashion. Are we going to have our first audio issue? I think we had this problem last time too, didn't we? From the CISO series, it's go. Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. Monopoly Darknet operator charged. The U.S. Department of Justice filed charges against Milomir Desnica, accusing the Serbian man of facilitating over $18 million in illicit drug transactions on the Monopoly market. Monopoly launched back in 2019, focusing on selling narcotics and other drugs. The DOJ alleges Desnica did personal verification for vendors. He used two crypto exchange services over the last three years in an attempt to hide the transactions. The DOJ worked on the case against Desnica for a while now. It seized Monopoly's hosting server back in December 2021. Austrian authorities subsequently arrested Desnica in November 2022. Law enforcement arrested over 288 vendors connected to the market in an operation called Spectre back in May. Now, extradition to the U.S. went through this week. Interesting, interesting. So, I mean, a lot of these, you know, 
we see it all the time, ladies and gentlemen, where, you know, people are running on the dark net and we're not even, oh, we are sharing. Okay. Sorry. Um, so a lot of threat actors are moving over to telegram just to give you, um, some insight from our side of the fence here, you know, the dark web, AKA dark net or tour network is, you know, a layer above the internet where people are, you know, kind of doing their thing. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of threat actors are moving over to the uh, Telegram services for communication with a lot of these things. But, you know, you're still going to have some dark net, some tour networks that are going to be out there. Uh, so that way you can actually have an e-commerce store, right? So that way you can actually buy and sell illicit things, whether it's, you know, the drugs or if it's credit cards or whatever the case is. Um, but a lot of these um, a lot of these cases take a while, right? So, um, pretty cool that, you know, they were able to take this thing down. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not one to, you know, shame anybody, you know, if you're using drugs, you're using drugs, whatever. But the one thing that really does scare me, and this is not to get political by any means, um, but the thing that really scares me is that fentanyl where you do see that, you know, a lot of people are getting, you know, really sick, being hospitalized, even dying from, you know, these fentanyl cases and things of that nature. And, you know, when you're buying things from a non-trusted source, I, I always worry about that for people, right? Um, it's, I hate to see anybody go through that, right? So, uh, good thing for them, you know, thankfully this... It doesn't, I didn't see anything when I combed through this so that, you know, that there was any fentanyl or anything like that. You know, it's just taking, you know, a, taking potential bad people selling illicit drugs off the internet. So, you know, kudos to police. That reminds me, I'm going to have to get one of the, I'm going to have to get that police sounder um, that Gerald always plays. So, but anyway, carrying on, ladies and gentlemen, carrying on. Activision Blizzard games hit with a DDoS. The distributed denial-of-service attack hit the game's publisher's servers for roughly 10 hours over the weekend, making many of its games unplayable, including the recently released title Diablo 4. Because these games are always online, it makes them particularly vulnerable to DDoS attacks. Activision did not identify a group behind the attack, and no one seems to have taken credit yet. The company saw a similar attack back in September, although that only saw outages of games of up to three hours. Yeah... All right, so I don't know really what to say about this, to be honest with you. I mean, third actors are attacking businesses, you know. Welcome to another day that ends in Y. But I guess from a technical standpoint, you know, because you guys hear Dr. Gerald Ozier to come from the CISO, I'm definitely here for the technical aspect of things. Yeah, I know that Blizzard is a massive, massive gaming um, platform or manufacturer and they got their own, you know, platform for multiplayer and all that stuff. Uh, forgive me. I'm going to sound like a boomer because I've kind of been out of the, the gaming world for a little while now. Um, so if I say anything incorrectly here, just forgive me. It's like, Oh, that freaking boomer. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, go, going back to, you know, put security a little bit just to give, you know, tip of the hat to them, you know, the, I'm sure 
you know, somebody like Panopside Security, when they come in here for their quantified risk assessment, looking at this, you know, do you have high availability? Do you have the ability to potentially go after or stop DDoS attacks coming into your organization? Little tidbit of information for you. A lot of the threat actors in these ransomware cases will threaten DDoS attacks. So, you know, you're going through, you're doing recovery efforts and you're trying to get back up and running and because you didn't pay the extortion the ransom then they're threatening to ddos you so when you're building your infrastructure better, uh, back you know you know this is things that are part of doing business and when you're a global entity like blizzard like apple like microsoft and you know we can line up literally the fortune 500 you know in a line and you know ask them you know how are you going to withstand a DDoS attack, right? Um, so it, it sucks that, you know, players who bought into the game, they weren't able to play. You know, I, I do feel bad a little bit for the, you know, the kiddos out there that, you know, were so eager to see this. Because uh, I think Diab there was a new Diablo that was just dropped, I thought I saw. Um, so I know people are um, eagerly playing that. Um, so... But it seems like they got it. They got it up. But they've had problems. So hopefully they got a uh, they got a long term plan going forward, right? So carrying on, ladies and gentlemen. Five G deadline could impact flights. The Wall Street Journal reports that as of July first, planes flying in the U.S. without retrofitted radar altimeters can't land in low visibility conditions. They won't be cleared to do so. This cutoff comes as part of a deadline by U.S. wireless carriers to increase power to five G networks. Right now, about 80% of domestic aircraft and 65% of aircraft from international destinations have updated equipment. You may recall carriers and the Federal Aviation Administration butted heads with this power increase last year. The carriers initially planned to increase power in January 2022, delaying until July 2022 before compromising to a final delay until July 1st of this year. All right, we'll talk about this in one second. Sorry for a little side comment. I'm seeing the mod chat to, to zoom in the, the screen. Um, are, is everybody able to see the the sites at all? Are y'all able to, is it clear? Let me know, please. I'm actually going to bring up mine real quick. Yeah, it might have been just that last. Yeah, I think it was a Blizzard one. And that one actually did not zoom in very well, mod and folks. Oh, well, that went way crazy. Um, so I'm seeing can't see the sites. It's small, but finding me, it's just a little small. Okay, thanks for the feedback. Well, I'll talk to Base Case or some of the other modders and see you know, how to make this a little bit better. You know, I may have to actually um, install StreamYard or something like that. Um, in fact, I could probably talk to Casually Joseph and he could probably get me figured out so that way we can get this thing done. Um, so, but yeah, those who don't know the kind of setup, I got, you know, this main screen kind of where the camera is up there, got a big curved one. And this one is, it's literally the entire thing. So, um, and that's really the only way I can be able to share my sound out. It's it's really, really stupid. But anyway, 5G, you know, this is thing has been coming out for a, a long, long time. 
you know, and this is just another case of businesses are going to, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me come in close to you. Lesson number one that I've learned over the many, many years of running this organization and running, working for others, business is going to put off as long as possible, anything that's being mandated to them to the last effing second. It is effing crazy. Um, Maybe try the PMP layer slightly overlaid at the bottom. And okay, Joe, I'll check that one second. Um, so business is going to push off anything they can do until the last possible second, and that's just what they do, right? They're unless they are forced to do something, they're effing it, not going. They're hold on, let me. They're effing not going to. They're really just not going to. Um, so. It's it's not surprising to me that businesses are taking this long to adopt something that's been a, a problem looming for over a year. So anyway, bear with me one second. I am seeing Dr. Gerardo's are in the chat. Um, let's see if we can do this. There we go. Let me refresh my youtube stream here that actually looks better at least on my screen everybody let me know does that look better for everybody that does look better on my side anyway and if this is the way that we need to do it no big deal because we are here for you ladies and gentlemen All right, I'm getting confirmation from Dr. Daryl Rozier that does look good. Uh, Kimberly can fix it, says it's good. Mod, or the everybody in the chat is saying it's good. Fantastic. This will be the way that we'll go forward. And again, like I said, I'll talk to you, Casually Joseph, and some of the mods later today, if time allows, and try to figure out a different little bit of setup. Like I said, get Stream, uh, stream Deck or um, one of those other applications going, so that way we can have a little bit better in here. But here we go. Come on, why are you playing? Oh, are you kidding me? Hey, what is it without a technical issue? On stream. Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen. It's like the site's not even working now. Okay, here we go. One second, let me just catch up. Eighty percent of domestic aircraft and sticker of our SAS ecosystem use in chip manufacturing. The Japanese government announced a six point three billion dollar deal to privatize the company. You know, I'll I'll catch that up in just one second. For but for that for the mid roll. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. I greatly do, I greatly do appreciate it. Um, I did forget to get the Simply Cyber Community Challenge um, screener. I does definitely feel like a um, kind of haphazard show here a little bit. Sorry for this one, um, but if y'all didn't see yesterday, I always like to show, especially when I'm being a guest host, the last person who did show it. So. Uh, Benjamin Middleton, if you are in the chat, please say hi. 
please get ready to pass the baton on to another individual so that way they could be able to uh, talk about their story. Uh, I'll throw this into the chat right now. So if you have not seen Benjamin's post yesterday, um, definitely go check it out. You know, he does talk about, you know, his cyber simply cyber uh, summary of you know what he likes about the channel. He does talk about a little bit how he got into the industry, things of that nature. So definitely check him out. This is definitely a a way to expand your network, expand who you're talking to, um, and be able to, you know, build lean on more and more people. Um, and you know, I have learned so much. Even, you know, me doing what I do, um, I've learned so much by even watching other people's LinkedIn posts. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that or whatever. And it helps make me sometimes a better, you know, digital forensic person, investigator, um, cybersecurity analyst, um, sometimes just a great overall human being just by putting yourself in someone else's shoes and walking a mile in it, if you will. So, um so, uh, so, yep, Simply Cyber Challenge, just catching up on chat. But, um, yeah, is Benjamin in chat? Kimberly can fix and Dr. Darrow Osher. Um, and hoping in browser. So that's, yeah, that's not going to work. Anyway, I'll, I'll make sure Dr. Darrow Osher, I'll get a fix for next episode. I really do feel bad, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like this thing is kind of a train wreck. But anyway, um, one thing I do want to mention, coming up, tomorrow is how to market your secure cyber self. Now, Dr. Jared Osher did say that he is not going to be here. There will be a guest host that's going to be here. I really personally like this guest host that's coming up. Uh, me and this individual has definitely done some, some work together before. I'm definitely interested in seeing this one. Um, so definitely to tune into that. If you are um, trying to, to advance your, <laughs> we're going off the rails in the trades. Yeah, that's right, Steve. That's right. Um, but definitely tune into that for tomorrow. So save that, get notified. Um, there, like I said, there is going to be a definitely a special guest host for tomorrow, and it's going to be very, very cool. So being able to spit, put a different spin and flavor on some of these things is always really, really cool. And with that, we will carry on. Uh, hopefully no more. That's right. We got to catch this thing up. Real Stock quick. price premium in the significant threat to our CEO, Eric Johnson, said the Japanese chip material sector needs to consolidate to combat rising competition and that it plans to relist. Are you continuously monitoring the common misconfigurations occurring in your SaaS ecosystem? From inactive connected SaaS apps retaining access to sensitive data to threat actors manipulating conditional access rules, these misconfigurations can pose a significant threat to your SaaS security. Take action with App Omni. Secure your organization's most sensitive data and continuously monitor your SaaS ecosystem for data exposure and misconfigurations. Visit appomni.com to get a free risk assessment. All right, so I will drop a hint. Kimberly can fix it. Yes, that is who it is. If anybody who follows me at all, I will give you a little hint. It is Smiley. I call this person Smiley all the time. That's the hint that I'll give you. 
So chew on that, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully that'll give you a little insight and more eagerness for it. Microsoft warns of credential stealing spike. The company said it detected a sharp rise in attacks by the Russian affiliated group Midnight Blizzard looking to steal credentials. These attacks targeted governments, NGOs, defense, manufacturing, and IT service providers. Microsoft noted the group uses residential proxy services to route traffic and avoid detection. It uses a variety of techniques to overall conduct session replay attacks in order to gain access to cloud services. Researchers noted the attackers also seem quick to weaponize recent news content in order to better craft spear phishing emails. Yeah. I mean, all right, here we go. Just what in the... It's another day. Look, ladies and gentlemen, seriously. This is just OPSECs, right? So you're, if you manage any 365 you manage any, you know, it's, if you manage any email system, you're going to see phishing attempts coming in. You're going to see credential stuff. You're going to see all these fake freaking Microsoft uh, sites, you know, um, this is nothing new. I mean, Granted, thanks for letting us know that it's on the rise, but we've been seeing this all year, right? I mean, we've been seeing that freaking hell for since COVID, right? You see it, you know, with the COVID vaccines and you see about, you know, is your state on lockdown and, you know, you got to sign in to, you know, do this. And, you know, um, you know, one thing that we did for some of our um, fishing training uh, literally for a couple of our clients with 4th of July parties, right? And so, I don't know. I mean, it's good to be, I guess the best thing I could say about this, even being a topic, is being situationally aware, right? Okay, you in the back of your mind, you know that these things are going on, and maybe you'll be a little bit more diligent about this, but... You know, okay. To me, this is just a, another day that ends in a Y. Maybe, maybe I'm a little tinfoil hat Jerry, right? I don't know. Windows 11 gets a passkey manager. Oh, the latest boy. Windows 11 Insider build includes an integrated passkey manager, allowing users to sign into accounts with Windows Hello. Microsoft says this will allow for a broader range of native Windows Hello logins across sites and apps using face or fingerprint biometric authentication. Users can also use a PIN or their phone as another factor for logging in. The build also brings a passkey manager into the Windows settings. Bleeping Computer reports it appears that this is still a work in progress. Some website passkeys worked fine, but it noted Google allowed the PC to save a passkey, but never prompted it to use it at login. <sighs> You know, passwordless logins has definitely been a thing that's been very interesting to me. Yeah, you know, I've definitely been keeping an eye on it because, I mean, we have, so you have Duo, right, or Authy, and, you know, you can push MFA, you have YubiKeys, you have Windows Hello, you have, 
you know, Google's come, uh, doing some of their own stuff. And um, now Microsoft is definitely trying to do their password lists and our password less logins. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's a freaking train wreck. You know, trying to figure out, you know, does this company, should this company do this passwordless login uh, application? You know, but, you know, if you're using Duo, who does owned by Cisco and they don't, but they don't support um, Windows Hello. So you can't invoke any of the Windows Hello features and use Duo security. There's a lot of items that are out there that will conflict with each other and make this thing, you know, dead in the water as soon as you try to do implementation of any of this stuff, right? Um, so do your due diligence. Make sure you are, um, you know, properly vetting it out, you know, putting, you know, VLAN a network, you know, put one or two or three workstations on there, um, even VMs if you can do it, and try to get it, try to test it out, you know. Um, even do mock trials for, but here's one thing. So uh, when you do an implementations of a lot of these things, not to give OSINT or any sort of anything else, let's just say hypothetically you work in a manufacturing organization and you got a shipping department. That shipping department will have two or three shifts anywhere between three and four, five, six people, you know, going back and forth to that one terminal and you may have five terminals. It may be, you know, Joe goes to terminal A and does a couple of things for shipping and then he's over at terminal B and then, you know, Q over here and, you know, all of that other stuff. And how are you going to work those type of situations, right? So putting testing computers in to see how that works before you go global adoption, you know, Definitely do that, right? So I've seen implementations of these things go very, very sideways because we tested it on IT computers, and then it the whole company just goes because nothing works the way it's supposed to, right? So you almost have a mutiny inside the organization. So um, again, I would love to see. Let let me leave it in the chat. Are you doing any passwordless um, implementations? Who are you using? Um, and you know what pitfalls you're seeing with that, right? Because like I said, we we've been seeing a lot of them um, with some problems. So it, it, let's be honest. This is early adoption stuff, right? And this may may no, we're still good on time. So. This really is early adoption, right? Um, you know, Windows Hello, you got to have, um, it allows you to use biometric, it allows you to use PIN, you can use your camera if it supports it. Um, I've never been a big fan of PINs to log into your computer, right? Um, a six digit PIN, it's not gonna take you that long. So do you have lockout factors in place? Um, you know, the, the camera part of Windows Hello, there's been Black Hat talks where they can take a really good picture, print it out on a really good printer and just kind of curve it a little bit to kind of 
mimic the contours of a face and be able to log into a computer because it's not that flat. It's got a little bit of a contour, so it tricks the camera a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I do think biometric is a good, good item. You know, of course, those things can be mimicked a little bit. You always see the the TV shows where they put the the things on the fingertips and they can do it, whatever. Um, only five months. Let's go, Eric. Okay, but I don't understand member for seven, but thank you. Oh, I just noticed it. Dr. Gerald Osier had put in the uh, gifted 50 subs. What? Did we become best friends? Yes. <laughs> so Dr. Gerald Osier is definitely putting in um, some gifted subs out there. So good job, Dr. Gerald Osier. This thing really, really, really likes to mess up. All right, we're at 439. Let me just reload this. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. If I remember right, we affiliated group. We had this problem. Services to services to access of an insider bill. Be quiet. I'm going to take you off. I'm going to take this off because I don't want y'all to hear that train wreck for a second. Give me a second. All right, there we go. J.P. Morgan fined for deleting evidence. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission fined the banking giant $4 million after it deleted email records from 2018. These emails belong to about 8,700 mailboxes belonging to its Chase Bank subsidiary. The Securities Exchange Act of 1934 requires retention of these business records. But the SEC fined it because it meant the company couldn't produce evidence in at least 12 civil securities-related regulatory investigations. J.P. Morgan blamed the incident on an unnamed archiving vendor, which led workers to believe that removing older emails on J.P. Morgan's own systems wouldn't lead to permanent deletion. The company initially reported the deletion to the SEC back in January 2020. It's a me- Uh... You with, I guess, a nice little slap on the wrist for J, uh, J.P. Morgan. I mean, let's just be honest, ladies, folks. Find $4 million to J.P. Morgan. Wasn't J.P. Morgan the same company that just bought out that other failing um, bank that was heavy into, um, into the tech sector a couple months back? Um, either way, J.P. Morgan is definitely, yeah. Four million is a drop in a bucket. That's that's probably half a day revenue for these guys, right? So, um, but definitely, I mean, deleting emails and re uh, email records, you know, that's definitely not good. You know, what are you potentially hiding? Um, yeah, that's definitely under the seven years. Um, yes, Alfredo, Silicon Valley Bank, exactly. Um, I think J.P. Morgan was the organization that bought uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Um, and I did receive reports and I'm stepping outside of my wheelhouse. So if I'm speaking incorrectly, please correct me in the, the chat. So just give that asterisk there. Um, 
if I remember correctly, no one bank is supposed to hold more than a certain percentage of all the the transactions or the holdings inside the country. And by JP Morgan or JP Morgan taking on Silicon Valley Bank, they crossed that threshold. But the federal government's like, eh. So, um, you know, maybe tip too much tinfoil hat, Eric, um, on. But if that's the case, you know, maybe that's why they didn't get smacked with a harder fine than four million. That actually, you know, J.P. Morgan just stepped up to the plate and freaking, you know, bailed out, you know, a ton of freaking people. Um, now, I mean, granted, you know, FDIC was, you know, insured for a lot of those accounts and all that stuff. And get, you know, definitely want to don't want to get too over politically, especially in here, because we can go down a very nasty, ugly rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, it's just don't delete emails. All right. Look at all the political people over the past years that have done it and it's gone really, really awry. Right. So, um, and I also get it noted and thank you, Jenny Housley. Um, Benjamin, please tag somebody. Are you in the chat today? Um, that forgot, or sorry if I missed that one, but please tag somebody for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge to take that baton and talk about their story. Um, so hopefully uh, Kimberly or Jen, Jenny Housley can see you. Um, if we don't hear anything from Benjamin, I, I tell you what, before we get on to the next story, we will stick around for a little bit of jaw jacking, jaw jacking for a moment. Um, there's something I want to mention um, that we kind of seen yesterday um, about situational awareness for you and your organization. A uh, little selfless plug a little bit. But um, if you are interested in telling your story on Simply Cyber Community Challenge, say Simply Cyber Me or something, you know, say I want to talk something. Right. So that way, if Benjamin is not in the uh, feed today, then we could be able to pick somebody the mods can just uh pick somebody at random to be able to talk about their uh their story e malware researchers at cybel discovered that threat actors began distributing a modified installer version for the game super mario 3 mario forever it's unclear the exact channel but the researchers say it likely came from a gaming forum or social media groups the installer does actually install the game, but it also includes two other executables that install a Monero crypto miner. This runs every 15 minutes and hides under the name of a legitimate process to obfuscate activity. It also contacts a C2 server to pull down an initial InfoStealer payload, and this looks for session and authentication tokens, as well as crypto wallets. Security. All right. Yeah, this one was, I've seen this come across over the weekend. Um... Priceless Pancakes, stick around for a few moments, um, and I will talk about the Simply Cyber uh, Challenge one more time for those newcomers that are just showing up. Um, so, yeah, this was definitely – I did see this come across my feed over the weekend. I did not dive into it very much. At, off the cuff, I originally thought this was um, – those who have been around in technology for a while, you all remember – sites like the pirate bay and those other 
um torn or not torn but um um oh those freaking platforms i'm i'm wanting to say tor network but that's that's dark web um but you guys know that so that way p2p and some of those other you know sites that you can be able to share files and music and stuff like that right um so i really thought that this was part of that um and i was like yeah you know you're downloading the list of games that are not legal so you're getting you know crap installed on your computer good job jack wagon um but this may actually be a legitimate game but they don't know where it's coming from so it may come it may come back that this is actually you know from some of those sites right um a lot of people saying in chat limewire um bill ick torrents thank you that's what i was thinking of um for some reason i could not bring it up to the top of my to my head um Chaco Boo Boo 16, love the name, Torrent Sites, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's definitely interesting, right? Um, it'd be interesting to see if it can, but did it come from Torrents? Did it come from, you know, something else? You know, is this, um, is this part of the supply chain hack? Do you know, did the creators of Super Mario Forever actually get you know code injected like we've seen with some of these other organizations right and i gotta stop teams because i'm sure you folks are hearing that sorry so sorry about that um some some people are chatting it up real quick but anyway um so yeah it'd be interesting to see exactly where this came from and if this was like supply chain hack things of that nature oh this thing actually modifies the host files too holy crap so it's block is oh look for those who don't know what you're looking at right here this is very interesting so this thing's actually adding 0.0.0.0, .0. so like when a computer tries to go to sophos.com 360totalsecurity.com avg.com you know all the popular avs it it times out right so it those who don't know, okay, so let's take a step back and we'll do a little bit of a technical deep dive a little bit for a second. Um, non, let's see, how to best phrase this? Non machine learning AI or even non behavior indicated AV EDR tool. So when you get into EAV, it gets really, really crazy. So, okay, non behavior based detection right um it gets it looks at behavior so we'll take crossstrike and sentinel one as an example because they're pretty much the leaders in behavior analysis on potential threats um <clears throat> the they look at what an application does to see if it's potentially malicious not malicious things of that nature a lot of the older traditional avs that are out there like your norton like your avg and panda security and even windows defender you know it does do a little bit of that but it will take that file hash it and upload it um to their cloud and then it'll do its analysis and be and they'll return and say is this potentially malicious or not malicious you know dump it into our sandboxing you know some avs have on-premise 
sandboxing some have you know cloud sandboxing things of that nature um so it's definitely uh the way that av works and things of that nature is definitely an interesting depending on the manufacturer that's creating that one um so it's real interesting to see that they have blocked it out um so that's a that's a little nugget um this is also so from a technical aspect of things the one thing that we look for in digital forensics and any blue teamer if you're defending a network one thing you need to look for is modification of host files it is very very rare that it actually happens right um even as of earlier this year maybe even later last year I would be like, yeah, host files, they're not really modified much anymore. You know, it's kind of, um, you know, maybe it's okay to monitor it or whatever, but we always left it in, right? Because we don't ever want to leave a potential vector that's out there to be modified or anything like that. But this actually just brings it back where host files are being manipulated by malware to... What's the right word to deny traffic for legitimate services is the best way I can put it, put it right. So, <clears throat> um, you know, they're trying to make sure that their program is not being detected by the AV platform. So, so a little tidbit for the day. I mean, I know a lot of the AVs are looking for XMR minor, which those who don't know, that is a CPU based minor. Um, so, it, it just makes your computer run really, really, really freaking slow because all your CPU is pretty much getting taken up by the XML, uh, XMR miner. Um, so the duck DNS, <clears throat> those who don't know, that's a dynamic DNS service. So uh, more likely there was a dynamic IP address that was sitting behind it that constantly changes. That's why you'll use one of those public, um, uh, DNS, uh, DNS services, things of that nature. So a lot of good information in this one. That way you can be able to dump into your, um, your hunting to make sure nothing is potentially going on inside of your network. Give me a second. And that ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much is it for today's episode. We, like I said, we will talk about a few moments of jaw jacket here in a moment if you're just here for the news thank you so much i know this was a rough start i know um i was getting to my desk really really late and did not get a chance to put it together i do promise things will be a little bit better uh for tomorrow's episode really glad that the 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 new layout the at least dropping my image down and making more of that real estate space is definitely uh, a better look and feel so we will do everything again tomorrow if you want to stick around for the job jacking just for a few moments i do see teams is blowing up on my side so we will i will be ending this very very shortly but i do want to mention like real quick about um some jaw jacking we had two stories that i posted out yesterday um, about ransomware groups and again this is just situational awareness right um let me switch this over well actually i can just do this get rid of this
this. And where's the other story? All right, there we go. There we go. There we go. All right, let's fire this deck up again. All right, so again, situational awareness, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we did see yesterday there's a, a group called Everest Ransomware Group that has been quiet for about two months. And, you know, they posted yesterday up on their Darknet site, tour site, dark web, whatever, that they are looking for new partners. In the next couple of days, they will be um, the uh, – that they are looking for – Jen, Jen Housley, thank you so much. Um, they are looking for new partners to, and what they mean by partners is people, this is a ransomware as a service or um, type of setup where, you know, Everest is the quote unquote corporation and they're looking for freelancer, AKA subcontractors. Um, and they're looking for subcontractors, AKA partners to be more or to start doing more ransomware attempts. So, you know, they were, heavily into larger organizations you know atc aerospace uh bombarder which has been have, known to have a lot of problems in the organization not around just cybersecurity, but just from an operational standpoint and u.s district court um and the brazilian government right so it's uh it when you start the thing that i really fear with people that have been known to hit massive organizations like this when you start looking for new partners, I don't we we never know what kind of vetting they, that really goes on until like your Conti and all your TTPs get linked because one of your you know partners subcontractors get mad at you. Um, so you don't really know what kind of vetting really goes on. Um, will they have constraints like some of the other ones? So um, definitely keep an eye out for Everest Ransomware Group. They they may be making a huge huge splash, and um, you know, we did see a newish ransomware group called No Escape pop up. Um, they do have three rans uh, three victims already posted in their archive, which means they've already the count. So if you remember back, um, so Lockbit is you know known famously for putting the countdown timer, right? Um, and they are known for um, you know, putting uh, the closing information, starting to push out uh, waves of information once that countdown hits zero. Um, so no escape just calls that their archive. So it's just people that have already been disclosed and kind of going from there. Um, they do have three new ones. So um, six victims uh, within, you know, two weeks. So they're definitely looking like they're going to be making a splash. And so I just say this as, again, a situational awareness, kind of like what we talked about a little bit ago about the Microsoft warning about phishing. You know, um, as Jen Easterly with uh, CISA would say, you know, shields up. You know, we're definitely seeing the writing on the wall, if you will, to that there are increased possibilities of new threats coming out, right? So, um, I did see in, all right. So it looks like there's a little bit of confusion, a little, um, Jen did, did George get tagged? 
Okay, so he did tag Jerry. Okay, Stratus. Okay, so Jerry, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, did Jerry accept? I'm looking in the... Just want to get make sure this thing doesn't go sideways, ladies and gentlemen. And while we're doing this, I will post these two links into the YouTube feed. So if you are if you're interested in reading this stuff later. If y'all can let me know, did Jerry mods? I will stick around for one second here. Like I said, I do. I did see teams blowing up. I do got to run. I did drop those two links. Um, I don't think he's in the chat. Okay, George Strasburger, are you still in the chat? Good sir. George Strasburger, are you in the chat still? Let me know, let me know, let me know. If not, I can text George because I do have his cell phone number. I actually know George. Oh goodness! All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I will, I will, t I actually got to talk with George here in a little bit um, about a different situation, but I'll talk to him about this, trying to see if he's willing to do um, so. He was on the volunteer list. If we need to pick up, okay. So I will tag him, see if he can pick up the baton and go forward with it, and kind of go from there. Um, with that said, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for tuning in. Um, and for those who are still around, I will leave you with two things. One is... <laughs> and for those who know me all too well, here comes the sea shanty. Y'all take care of yourselves, and we will see you tomorrow. See ya. There once was a kid whose passwords laid across all sites. They were the same, a criminal, then found their fame by taking that data to go. Soon may a criminal come to steal your pictures and data and run. One day when the crime is done, they'll steal your account and go.